Ain't it something what they do to us? I called him Trey, and today I, the youth was down there, and I, I went to holler at him. I called him Trey and threw it, and then finally got Trenton. And I think it might have been Jonathan that said, you'd done it to yourself. And I just done what most men do. I said, Jonathan, Donna done it to us. She named the kids. So we have roll call. Something to chew on before we leave here today. We had finished Ephesians chapter 4 at the last prayer service. And when we start Ephesians chapter 5, it starts off with a what? Have you turned there? We finished Ephesians 4 and it starts off with a therefore. Joy said, I knew it. So the last seven verses of chapter 4, it spoke to us about something we are not to do. We're not to grieve. We're not to quench the Holy Spirit of God. And so the last seven verses talking about not grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit, when he puts a therefore, he's tying what he just said to what he's fixing to say. So in other words, I don't want you to be quenching and grieving the Holy Spirit, therefore listen to what I'm fixing to say. And he talks about us being imitators, therefore be imitators of God. So the opposite of grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit is imitate God, and you won't be doing that. And all God's people ought to be saying, Amen and Amen. As parents, when our kids are disobedient, they're grieving and breaking and are heavy on our hearts, are they not? But when they're obedient and they're living a good life, they're near and dear to our heart, and they're not making our heart heavy. They're bringing joy to our heart. So that, therefore, what I want us to chew on is how to be children of God that are near and dear to the heart of God. And before I start that, I want to remind you what John chapter 1 says. It tells us that He was in the world and the world was made through Him and the world did not know Him. Speaking of Jesus, in verse 11 it said, He came to His own and His own did not receive Him, but as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to be called what? Children of God. Sons of God. So let me straighten it out. The world says we're all children of God. The world lies. The Word don't. The Word says before we receive and before we believe, we're of our Father the devil. All created by God. But because we fell in the garden, we got a new father, and that was the devil because he had a hold of us by way of sin nature. Is everybody with me? And then one day you are born again. 
and you receive and you believe, and then and only then do you have the right to be called a child of God. So if you're within the sound of my voice tonight, and you've not received and you've not believed, I'm going to tell you, you do that tonight, and you have a brand new right. And you say, what's that right? You have the right to be called a child of God. But for the rest of us who've already become children of God, how can we not grieve and quench the Holy Spirit? And how can we be a children, a child of God that is near to His heart? Number one, something to chew on before we leave. We need to be following children. Three things about following children. Number one, who we are to follow. Therefore, be imitators of God. King James Version. Somebody surely got one here tonight. I believe it says, be ye therefore followers of God. So who were to follow? Not Rob. God. Not the pastor. The master. We are to follow God. Now, here's a problem. A lot of churches and a lot of people in the churches, they follow the pastor. And that's not all bad. If the pastor can say what one of the greatest pastors ever said, remember, Paul, he said, imitate me, follow me. Because I imitate, I follow God. So used to, I struggled just a little bit because we got some naysayers. We probably got some haters. And they're usually not here. They're usually outside. And they'll say, Rob, that church is following you. And I used to say, boy, I preach hard against it. And then they said it so much, and they're the haters, and they're the naysayers. That church is following you. And I just decided I was going to tell them this. Well, if they are, I know where they're going to end up. Because I know who I'm following. Now look here. If your pastor follows God, then you can follow him. If he imitates God, then you can imitate him. But don't ever mistake, that's who we're following. And it's been said before here, that church was dead when Rob got there. And if Rob ever leaves, that church will be dead as it was. I, that's what's been said to me. And my prayer is, I'm going to preach messages like I'm preaching tonight. And when God removes me, whether He takes me home or sends me out on the... Whatever He does, I pray that you guys will chew on what you're supposed to chew on tonight. And you won't be a people who quits following God when He takes this pastor... If he does, anywhere else. We need to be a people near to the heart of God. And we need to follow God. And it's alright to follow people as long as we're sure they are following God. Because if they're following God, that means we're following God. And all God's people said, Amen. We are to follow God, not the pastor unless he's imitating Christ, not the denominations, but God's. Everybody got that? Near and dear to God's heart, we follow God. But then secondly, the way we are to follow, look, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God. And verse 2 says, Walk in love. It has been said, and it has been very well said. Have you heard this saying? People don't care how much we know until they know 
how much we care. See what's made this people that's lost and undone hard to reach? And there's been a bunch of, bunch of Christians that just tell them how much they know about God and how much they know about prophecy and how much they know about the Word of God. But the problem is, them people don't really care how much they know until they want to see how much them people really care, how much love they have. Do you remember in the Bible there was a lawyer? You can read about it in Luke chapter 10. And this lawyer was going to test Jesus. Wouldn't you hate to be the one that give Jesus a test? But this lawyer did. He said, how do I inherit eternal life? Jesus simply says, what's the law say? And I love how he talks to a lawyer. What's your interpretation of it? Because that's what lawyers do. They twist interpretations and try to persuade others. Go ahead, tell me your interpretation of it, Mr. Lawyer. And this lawyer says it. You can read about it. He says, well, the law says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind. I can just see Jesus and go on. He doesn't know where this was going. Go on. And your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says to this man that's testing him, you answered rightly. But the lawyer, he's kind of got himself in a hole. So he says, well, who's your neighbor? Remember how Jesus answered him? He said, well, there was a certain man. He was headed down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among the thieves. There was a priest that saw him, passed him right on by. That's a religious person. Levite, that's some more religion for you, saw him, at least got on the same side of the road and looked at him. But he said, then there was a Samaritan. But he looked upon him with what? Compassion. There's the love. See, I bet that priest and that Levite knew a lot about the Scriptures. Knew a lot about the church. Huh? But this Samaritan, he looked upon this man with compassion. See, how much they knew really didn't help. But he had compassion and he bandaged this man up. He poured oil and wine on him. He loaded him up on his donkey. He took him to the inn and he gave him money and he said, if you spend all this money, I'll be back in a few days to pay the rest of it. And then Jesus looks at this lawyer who started out to test him. And Jesus says, which one of the three was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And that old lawyer realized the test got slid back across the table. And he said, the one that showed mercy on him. And Jesus said, you answered rightly. Go and do likewise, and you'll inherit eternal life. Who we're to follow is God, and the way we're to follow is in love. We're to show a lost and dying world not how much we know, but how much we care. And all God's people ought to be saying, 
Amen and amen. But why we are to follow. Look at verse 2. We walk in love as Christ also had loved us and give himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God. Listen to this. For a sweet smelling aroma. Do you know when we follow God and we follow him in love that that's a sweet smelling aroma not only to God but to those around us? Somebody, when they arrived at our house today, said it stunk out there. That could be because about 300 ton of chicken litter has been spread out there. That's a good thing to do before a youth party, isn't it? But let me tell you another story about smells. Has some of you thought that me and Don had got on medical marijuana? I just got to know that. Does any of you think that we have? You're going, oh my gosh. She's been worried about it. People's going to think we're on marijuana. You know why she's thinking about it? Now, you would think that I would know what marijuana smelled like because I'm sure cowboys have smoked more marijuana than you can put in a four-horse living quarter trailer. But I never knew what when people say they smell marijuana. I, it never dawned on me. But when this stuff got legalized, I realized it smells like a skunk. I thought, how much have I smelt? When I just thought them old cowboys just hit a skunk on the way to the rodeo. Little did I know, they was just getting high before they... Look here. So you're saying, why did Dinah think, worried about people thinking me and her had got on this medical marijuana? Because, you know, we VRBO our home. We live in a 12 by 26 cabin. At that spur ranch I bid on a tiny house, was hoping to get it. That tiny house was going to be like a mansion to us. But I didn't get it. Look here. One morning, in the middle of the night, I woke up, and I, was, I would have swore that a skunk had got in the cabin with us. That's how strong it was. I thought, it's got in here. It's not on the porch. It's not. On, it's in here. I had never smelled a skunk smell that strong inside. Of, I thought, it's got in here. And usually she's real sensitive to smells and light sleeper. When I got up, she could, I said, oh, I mean, it was terrible. Well, in that little 12 by 30 cabin, let me tell you, it never did leave, that smell. And so all of our clothes is in there. And so every time she'd get there, oh, my gosh, people's going to think we're on marijuana. <laughs> and so I just got to ask you, did any of you, Smell our clothes that was in that little cabin? And any of you leave church and say, that pastor's wife, she didn't look high, but she smelled high. And so I got really tickled about that skunk smell. And my wife, every time we leave, oh, I hope they don't think we're on marijuana. Because we did smell like a skunk, or she did, for sure. Folks, I don't want people wondering what I'm doing. I want my life to be lived in a way that I'm following God. I'm following Him in love. And when they see it, I don't smell like no skunk and I don't smell like this world. But I'm a sweetest smelling Roma to the Lord 
and to a lost and dying world. And all God's people ought to be saying amen and amen. When we follow God, we're near and dear to his heart. We follow God. We follow him in love. And then we're a sweet smell aroma to him and to a lost and dying world. If we want to be children near and dear to the heart of God, we are to be children who follow God. But secondly, if we want to be near and dear to the heart of God, we not only got to be following children. Are you ready for this? Say, I am. We got to be fleeing children. We got to be complete, number one, in our fleeing. Look at verse three. But fornicators and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints. You know what he just said? Flee from all sin. And we live in a day and time where I have more church members asking me about social drinking, asking me about this, asking me about that. And let me just sound off something here tonight. If you're asking the pastor if it's okay, there's a real good chance it's not okay. But what we're doing is we're not being fleeing children Fleeing from sin like that Bible verse tells us to. We are being children of God that grieve and quench the Holy Spirit. Because we want to see how close to the line we can get. How close to the fire we can get. And what we can get away with is sin in our life. If you want to be a child of God that's near and dear to His heart. You don't want to see how close to the line you can get. You don't want to see how close to the fire you can get without getting burned. You want to see and you want to get as far away from it. You want it when there is sin. You want, what did Joseph do? Run, forest, run. That's what Harold just said. That's not in the Bible, but it's close. Look here. When Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, he didn't stick around there and flirt with her and give her any hope. He recognized what was happening. He recognized it was sin. And my dear friends, he was complete in his fleeing. He took tail and run. And listen to me, folks. If we want to be children near and dear to the heart of God, we got to be complete in our fleeing. There's any kind of sin around. We need to adios, amigo, and we need to flee from it. And all God's people ought to be saying amen. But we need to be careful in our fleeing. Look at verse 4. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. In other words, he said you got to be complete in your fleeing, get away from sin, but be careful with your attitude around sin. And when I see that, it says filthiness. You've got to be careful that you don't fall into that fornication and that alcohol and that drugs and those lying. Foolish talk. I mean, how many Christians lose their temper and go off on someone? Come on. I remember going to Brahms when it was right downtown, working with a brother in Christ, and something didn't go in his way, and he just went off on the lady behind the deal. And I mean, it's noon in Brahms. And I just stand there, I'm just doing this. My wife says, my body language, I don't hide what I'm thinking very good. And I'm just doing this. 
And I remember him turning around. He said, what's wrong, Rob? Did I embarrass you? And I said, I hope you embarrassed yourself. To be called a child of God and act like that. That was said right in the line at Brahms. Folks, when somebody gets our parking spot or somebody gets our order wrong, we better watch our attitude. We better be careful. Because when you act like that in a restaurant and you act like that in a parking lot, let me tell you something. You're not fleeing from sin. You've got a bad attitude and you've not been careful. When that flesh starts getting reared up, that's when you better put on the, the sirens and that you better put on the alerts and you better say, man, I just better be careful right here with what comes out of my mouth. I better be careful with my attitude right here. Do you see what I'm saying? If we want to be children near and dear to the heart of God, the filthiness sin has to be gone and the foolish talk has to be gone and the coarse gestures, they have to be gone. I don't know about you, but I want to be a child of God that's near and dear to His heart. I want to follow Him, but I want to flee from sin. I don't even want it to be named among me. And that ought to be every one of our desires tonight. All God's people said, Amen and Amen. And then, lastly, if we want to be children near and dear to the heart of God, not only have we got to be following children, fleeing children, but watch this. Just something to chew on tonight. We've got to be fearful children. When I say fearful children, look at it. Fearful of the damnation of the lost. Did we pray for souls tonight? Huh? Paul said to the church at Corinth, Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. See, Paul knew he was a loving God, but he also knew that there was a condemnation side of God. And if we've got lost family and we've got lost friends, we ought to fear the damnation of their lost soul. Look at verse 5. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an adulterer has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Fornicator, oh yeah, we know they're going to... Unclean person, covetous man, adulterer. Let me tell you something. The hardest people to reach is the good people. And there's a lot of good people that are idolaters. And what's an idolater? Somebody that just puts something before God. Puts their good morals and their good life before God. And let me tell you what will help us answer the prayers that we prayed tonight to be soul winners and be bold in sharing our faith. We ought to fear the damnation of our lost family members and our lost friends. If there's somebody that is lost and undone, and they put anything before God. Their good lives, their good morals, we ought to fear their damnation. And I promise you, that will help us put feet to the prayers tonight when we realize our lost friends were going to fall under the condemnation of the Lord God Almighty. You got that? So we ought to be fearful for that. And that ought to cha charge us, change us, to put feet to the prayers for these souls and to be bold in sharing our faith. But we also to be not only fear the damnation of the lost, but listen to what I'm fixing to say. Here's something I think we better have a fear of. You ready for it? The deception from the liberal. Look at verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. I tried to find this afternoon and I couldn't find it. 
And I was going to read you a letter that was, I would say, carefully wrote so you didn't know what he was trying to do. And I was going to read that letter because I've read it once before and I couldn't find it. Series let me down. But that letter you would have thought would come from a good old boy. And when I got to the bottom of it, I was going to tell you the signature. You ready for it? Adolf Hitler. You know how he got done what he got done? Was real deceptive with his words. Come on. What did they call a president or two ago? Slick Willie. A lady who was cutting my hair said, Man, this country, when Bill Clinton come in, he could just stick them words out there. And he could be so slick with his words. And he got some things done that nobody else could get done because they wasn't real sure what he said. Huh? Anybody remember that kind of stuff? And then a few presidents behind that. He was our first black one that we thought would fix all of our racial problems. What that, how'd that work out? His words would make old Bill Clinton's seem like old Bill didn't even know how to give a speech. Folks, our country is in the shape it's in because people in the body of Christ have been deceived by the words of some liberal people. Somebody told me at that auction, you have to kind of be careful where you're at. You'll get your 501c3 taken from you. And I said, just let them have my 501c3. We're non-profit. What are we going to do? Pay a bunch of taxes? Folks, listen to me. We better fear the damnation of the lost. But these guys that's in power and these politicians, we better watch how deceptive they are with words because they snow people and they snow people sitting right inside and they snow people that's part of the body of Christ. And if we want to be near and dear children of God, listen to me, we better fear the damnation of our lost family members and friends and we better fear the deception, the deceptive words that come from the liberal. Let no one deceive you with empty words. And then lastly, we ought to fear the discipline from the Lord. The second part of verse 6 says, For because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Remember, for whom the Lord loves, He chastens. And if you're here tonight and you can be disobedient to God and you don't get chastened by God, you better check and make sure you've received and believed and become a child of God because whom the Lord loves, He chastens. And I tell anybody that's a child of God, if you can live in sin and you can live disobedient to God and you don't partake of the chastening hand of God, you better check and make sure that you are a child of God because God don't lie. And when we're a child of God, one of the things we ought to fear is following under the disciplining hand of the Lord. And let me tell you what's happened in America right now. It's following under the hand of discipline to the Lord of God Almighty. And I'm going to tell you, that's not a battle we're going to win. When he disciplines, it kind of like me and that two-year-old when he told me he wasn't going to wear that coat. <laughs> really? Look how big I am.
through it. And I mean, I had that coat slapped on him like that. Now, he was crying. He was throwing a fit, but he had the coat on. He's no match for past Paul. And we're no match for God. We can throw our fits and we can do this and that, but I'm going to tell you, he'll grab us up and he'll discipline us how he sees fit because we're no match for him. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want to be near and dear to the heart of God. That's the kind of child I want to be. Not grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit, but near and dear to the heart of Almighty God. As we leave this week, I hope that's something we'll chew on from the Word of God. And I hope we'll remember the prayers that we prayed for souls to be saved and boldness to share our faith. Miss Addie's going to sing us out of here. So if you want to stand and give Him praise, and when this song is over, we'll be dismissed to leave. I think this will be a good song to sing us out of here.